Welcome to Amateur All Tours, the podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a movie. I am your host, Mike, and joining me is my brother, Brian, and we would like to welcome you to Amateur All Tours. Alright, welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike, and joining me as always... Hey guys, Brian. And uh, we have yet another first impressions for you guys. Um, that... And I, I feel like it's another... Uh, it's another highly anticipated film that uh, has been out for a while or that's been announced for a while and it just recently came out um, Brian wh- uh, what film are we is our first impressions this week uh, well, right now we are doing um, David Ayer's suicide squad yes and uh, first off I just want to say welcome back Brian now that we have all of the laptop and recording devices and all that uh, situation figured out, now I don't have to do solo reviews any, or at least for the time being. Yep, yep, glad to be back. Got it all figured out. Okay, so, yes, as Brian said, we're, we will be discussing Suicide Squad, and, you know, I think this is going to be an interesting discussion, because, so, this movie came out um, August 5th, right? So, yesterday. This is, uh, it, we're recording this on August 6th, and it came out... And like I mentioned earlier, it's a really highly anticipated movie, and I mean, I know, I mean, I was, it was on my radar, I know for my other notes, uh, I, I, whenever I'd seen the uh, preview for it in theaters, I always took notes, like, oh yeah, make sure to check out the Suicide Squad, and, but other than that, I know nothing about, like, really these characters except for a few but that's just like a surface level um i don't i don't know really anything about the suicide squad as a whole so brian what what do you know because i feel like so a few weeks ago i talked about the killing joke and i know i was not the i'm not the comic book fan or, or i'm not really into comic books um, as you are, so you're more the residential comic book guy of amateur tours. What did you, what did you have to think about Suicide Squad? Well, in terms of like context, I've only read um, one volume of the Suicide Squad, which is um, it's like the New Fifty Two run. And for those comic readers, you know what that is. And I guess like the layman being is that it's essentially like a reboot of every major DC character. Um, I don't remember when they exactly started, but they did. They've done like Batman, they've done Aquaman, they've done um, Superman. I think. Um, I I mean I've stuck with the Batman run, and it's actually quite good. Um, I don't know if it's still going on right now, but that's really the Batman of the New Fifty Two is really the only one that got you know a lot of ground in terms of success. But point being is they did a New Fifty Two run of Suicide Squad. I don't even know. If Suicide Squad existed before New 52, I, I don't know that much about it. And what I read about, like, what I read in that issue, it was, I really liked it, actually. I'm, I'm going to keep uh, finishing whatever they have left in this particular series. Um, I enjoyed it. That's why I was, like, really excited for this movie. Um, and also, in terms of, uh, I know, uh, in terms of who these people are, I only knew a handful of them. I don't, like... I didn't know who Deadshot was. I didn't know who Captain Boomerang was outside of Suicide Squad. Obviously, 
I knew who Batman was, the Joker, Harley Quinn, even Killer Croc to an extent. Um, but really, I have a very rudimentary introduction to these people, so I'm not really quite the guy to go after this either. Okay, well, I mean, I feel like you're more qualified. Well, I like DC. I'm a DC am. guy. I'm a DC guy. I'm a comic reader, so I kind of know where this is coming from, more or less, but... You know, I, I definitely want to keep reading. I definitely want to... Like, this movie, like, on the contrary to what other people believe, I want to keep reading the, the, the stories of Suicide Squad. Not because of this film, but because the original content is so good. So. Okay. Yeah, um, and I was interested to see if, I mean, if you had been exposed to Suicide Squad. I mean, like, I mean, obviously the characters, but I mean, as, like, as the crew, as as the squad, because I ha I've never been exposed, but um, but yeah, no, I remember seeing the trailer, and I, I guess we can briefly talk about the tra like the marketing for this film, because it was I feel like a lot of the summer these summer movies have great marketing, especially um, especially Suicide Squad. I I'm gonna say that I so I'm not really big on trailers, uh. I, if I see them, I see it by accident, if I'm, like, in a theater or something like that, and I, and I, and I have my own reasons for not wanting to see, uh, trailers, just because I feel like now, in modern cinema, people don't really make good trailers, I thought, like, so, for example, I thought a perfect trailer was the Dunkirk trailer we saw today for this, it literally just showed really nothing, but it kind of set the mood, and I, uh, uh, Dunkirk is Christopher Nolan's new film. I believe it's set in World War One. No, it's it's. I, I'm I'm pretty sure it's the evacuation of England of Dunkirk during World War Two. Oh, it's, oh, it's two. Oh, well, see, see, I, I mean, I didn't. I only knew that he was making a new film, but I I digress. It literally just had one un or it had like a few sweeping shots, and then it had a uh, like um. The sound of a of a fighter plane di di diving down. You get each. It's a bunch of soldiers, and they're looking up and reacting, and it just is one by one, and then slowly it's a big wave. I wouldn't. I, I, wouldn't, was, I mean, like I wouldn't go as far as saying that's a perfect trailer. Oh, I'm I not mean, gonna, okay, well, I think it's an effective trailer. What I'm trying to get at is that trailers now show pretty much the whole film in the movie. Like, I mean, if it, for me, uh, Batman v Superman is a perfect excuse of this, where they showed literally everything in the trailer. Uh, I but, just think there's there's well I'm there's nothing really left. It's just I feel like trailers. No, I mean, are just yeah, there. well, that's just they fucked up in that department. But I'm saying also, let's not forget that Dunkirk also comes out in summer of 2017. So like, there's probably so much more of the movie that they have left, as in, in terms of like post production and all that other good stuff that they probably don't even have enough to show. Well, it's regardless, just like a teaser. what I'm what I'm trying to say is that I thought that the Suicide Squad trailer. Ex I've only seen the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody one, and that is probably my second favorite trailer that I've ever seen. Number one being the first teaser for Mad Max Fury Road, but this, tra th this the, the Bohemian Rhapsody I thought was utterly perfect, and I, I really liked almost every single moment of that. It was just choreographed well with the music, the action sequences, it just really, the style of it all, which plays out in this film a lot but speaking of the trailer i really did it really got me excited for it and i had and i didn't really know it like i said for like the 20th time i have no i didn't know anything about these 
characters or this like squad or this kind of this idea. And so I was like, oh wow, this is a really good introduction to it. So the trailer got me really excited. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I will say the uh, the hype behind this movie was insane. At least, like not not insane, but in the fact that at least for me, I was really excited to see this film. Just just going off those other trailers. I mean, the Bohemian Rhapsody one definitely is. I mean, they use a bunch of other songs, but I am totally drawing a blank on what they were because I saw them all mainly because of the songs. Uh, but even just in that regard, it was just like perfect. And the fact that it just generated like so much, uh, it was like already like setting this bar that, I mean, we'll talk whether or not it lived up to it. Uh, I don't think it did, but I mean, it was just setting up like such as this high octane wild ride. Uh, and that, and that it totally goes in the, in the spirit of like a comic book anyway, um, and so that's why I was excited going into this, just because of just that alone. Um, and also, I was trying to ignore all the negative press. I mean, I went into this film with the controversy of the... Like, I went into it knowing it had a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Now it's it's literally a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes. And, I mean, I tried to, like, get wear blinders in terms of how I saw this film... And I mean, I guess we'll figure. I guess we could talk about whether or not it's all warranted or not. Well, here's the thing. Like, I remember I was looking this up last week. I I think it was last week, and I saw it was like it had a nine point five on IMDb. Now I don't know if I was just seeing things. So I was like, oh, early screening, something like that. Oh, that's pretty nice. Now it's I think it's seven point two. But um, yeah, I I honestly didn't even hear about the bad press until this morning. Probably an hour before we saw the film, uh, we were sitting there, and we said, "Oh, we were deciding which which film to see, like an earlier showing." And our dad was sitting there, and he said, "Oh, I heard that movie was bad." And I was like, "What? Yeah, I didn't hear anything I, about this." I knew it was this. getting panned for a while, like for a week. Really? Even from the, I guess the early showings. Cause I, yeah, I didn't well, know because well, Dave, the whole I, the whole thing is that David Ayer is saying that he didn't make this film for the critics. He made it for the fans who he hopes will actually like give it a shot when they actually see the film. According to him, the really low scoring is just from critics who like don't get it. Oh, well. See, okay. Um See, cuz I'm I'm I have I I don't know. I've kind of I've an interesting ex- uh I guess, reaction to this film. Um, so, I mean, before we get into that, I just want to kind of talk about briefly, uh, as I have in the last two, first impression, just kind of going there. Um, so, I mean, so like I said, Brian and I wanted to see this film to talk about it on the podcast for you guys. And so we saw it uh, today on Saturday, uh, August 6th. And uh, I remember, we so we went there, we were looking up times, we bought them online, uh, we looked at a theater closest to us, and the only seats that were available were were in the very front. I said, "Nope, that's not gonna work." So I looked at another theater that I actually saw uh, Batman Killing Joke at, and I bought the I bought the tickets for Brian and I. We went there, got there for another maybe thirty minutes early, and funny enough, it was the exact same theater that I saw the Killing Joke, and I sat in the exact same seat I and like I mentioned that episode I counted the seats when I got there to make sure I got the center well I did it again because I knew that I despite how my feelings were about the killing joke I thought my this theater was great and my seat was fantastic so I sat in the exact same seat um 
I like I said, my, and I had some expectations going to this film, and mostly that it was going to be a fun movie. But I also had some predictions, and we'll see if these are right. But so my, I think I had three predictions. My first prediction was that this was going to be a three out of five stars for this review. Uh, that stylistically, this was going to be fantastic and just mind blowing. And number three was I thought the Joker was really not going to be in this at all. Like I thought, I honestly expected them to pull a Brian Cranston and Godzilla in that they market this movie that the Joker, Jared Leto, is going to be it predominantly featured, and then there's the, and then as the film progresses, he's either in the beginning and not seen at all, or he's like sparse throughout at random bits. And so those were my um, those were my predictions. We'll figure out if I was right. I think I was uh, mostly right on some of them. But uh, and I also want to say the crowd in this. It was a decent crowd. I mean, it was a twelve o'clock showing, and I'd say it was around just under half filled. With if I thought the audience was diverse for Killing Joke, I thought this was a more diverse crowd than that. I mean, in the Killing Joke. I'd say the average range was maybe like 23 or with a few outliers, like like mid to mid 20s or so, but with with obviously outliers. But here, like the age ranges were everywhere. There are families there. There were um, older older generations. There was uh, like uh, young uh, early 20s, mid 20s with Brian, like uh, with me and Brian. So. It was, uh, it was an interesting crowd. I'd, I'd say it was more average. It was more casual. Yeah, I, I don't know if I was supposed to talk there. Yeah, but I was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it'd be, yeah, just people saw the movie. I don't really, I wasn't really paying attention well, I mean, to did the you demographic. Have, did you? I mean, not specifically demographics, but did you? Like, what were your impressions going into the film? Well, I mean, I, I kind of just went into it. Uh, it was going to be a comic book movie. I mean, I definitely knew this was going to be, like, uh, maybe, like, the more tongue-in-cheek, uh, like, Deadpool of DC. Uh, I mean, I was expecting, I don't really know what I was expecting, because I feel like, I didn't know who the villain was, I didn't really know anything about the story, I was kind of going in blind, but, um, I was just expecting to have a good time. I knew, I knew that, like, Jared Leto, yeah, I was kind of expecting the whole Brian Cranston scenario, too, where the Joker is being, like, predominantly marketed, and he's going to barely be in the movie, and we were right about that, but, I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing, we can talk, we're, we'll definitely talk about the Joker, because we had some things to say after the movie, <clears throat> but, um, I mean, I was just expecting, I mean, you go into a film, like, the whole premise is that uh, like, the villains of the DC Universe band together and fight the real bad guys. So I was definitely expecting a more, maybe, like, meta interpretation of, like, the dichotomy of, like, being a hero. Not And not even, like, being so, uh, like, dramatic in that sense. I just mean maybe just be funny about it. Like exactly exactly what Deadpool did. I was kind of expecting a formula like that. Not, not so much comedy, just more meta humor. Um, but... I mean, honestly, it's DC. I'm a DC guy. I was just looking. It was going to be another comic book movie. I was going to have fun with it. So that was really my experience. I set, it's not like I set the bar really high. I just wanted to have some fun. 
Yeah, and so, I guess we can start discussing the actual movie. Now, the first thing that I had noticed, which was one of my predictions, was that immediately the style stands out of this film, and it's also... I love the, the soundtrack. The whole... All the soundtrack. It's very... It's very classic, like old, well, like, old rock. Well, it's like classic, like seven, 60s and 70s rock. Like, I know they had Black Sabbath, they had Rolling Stones, um, and like this and this kind of brought me to the the comparison that I felt like I was like a dazed and confused, whereas like, if for those of you who've seen that movie, it's it's literally just like classic rock just playing throughout the whole um, movie, because it is, it's in the 1970s, so that's like the music and the times. And that's what I really love about Dazed and Confused is that the music like really takes me back to that time and that it's just so good and it's so catchy. And it also fits. It meshes really well with what's happening. Um, and the same applies for at least the first act of this film where it's like just I know they played, like I said, they played Paranoid. They played Sympathy for the Devil. They played uh, Spirit Bohemian Rhapsody at the end. Um, Spirit in the Sky. They, um, so, oh, I mean, like, I, I love the soundtrack. It's kind of like it was kind of weird because like. It, 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 yeah, it's, it felt like I was watching, like, a Richard Linklater version of, like, a DC movie, and, like, I'm not saying it didn't meld or anything, but I feel like that was definitely, like, a style over substance kind of oh, call. Oh, yeah. It didn't I, really, like, it, it just did it. Like, I remember it was weird. They played, like, Sympathy for the Devil when, um, Waller, like, the, uh, Amanda Waller, the, the main woman who, uh, brings the suicides all together, they played Sympathy for the Devil and that's not the first time they keep insinuating that she's, like, the devil, which is, like, a really dumb thing anyway. Uh, but, like, it's just, like, kind of, like, it's trying, I guess they're trying to set the tone early. But then, but then like, it, it keeps shifting. Like, that's my problem with the film, I'm just going to say right now. It doesn't really have, like, a focal point. It, it just, it's kind of, like, just all over the place. Yeah. And the music kind of highlights that. I feel like it's just more of a, this sounds cool and it's a good song. So let's use it, because, well, like, it's a throwback. That's what I talked to you about it. Like, as we get on, and I'll bring it up again, but I thought that this film was really just a collection of cool moments that loosely strung together a narrative. And, like, what you were saying with the songs, like, that's that's it's pretty close. I mean, it, it start, we start off with, like, a different song for each... I mean, we're... we're it's like... And Brian said, like, the narrative is all over the place, and that they're, like, doing... It's like the beginning. This is when, like, someone like me that has no idea who these characters are, they, you know, the character introductions should be at least in the first like quarter of the movie, and for like they kind of are, but they're still developing like characters in like towards the later half, like the third, the third, like the like the second or the like two thirds into the movie, they're still developing characters, and the music selection, like each. Each inter an introduction is made in, in the beginning, and each introduction has a different interlude of music, and it doesn't really, like, I don't know, it, it they're great pieces of music. Like, I think we start with, like, the house, or, oh, what is it called? Um, hang on, it's the, oh, the house of the rising sun. Like, that's a great song, but then it cuts to something completely different, and... And then and then and then like oh this is not and then it cuts again and again and Boy, again. Well, it's kind of weird because like the songs don't necessarily fit the people. I remember they played uh, Credence and Clearwater for like Killer Croc, I think, and like it didn't really mesh. It, I, don't, it went, I don't know. It went with like the the tone of what is being 
shown, but it's not, like, the character. But, again, I don't know anything of this character. And I will argue at the end, I still know nothing about this fucking character. But... Well, and that's another thing. We're talking about character intros. It's like, it, they, 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 the whole point of the Suicide Squad is that, it, like, in my opinion, is that they're all, like, equal. They're, yeah, they're all supervillains, and yeah, there's some reckon, more recognizable than others, but the whole idea is that they're equal, and that's why they got them, because they all have something to contribute. But in this film, they only highlight mainly, like, they only highlight Will Smith's character, Deadshot, because he's Will Smith, Margot Robbie, because... She's Margot Robbie, and, and she's, she's also Harley yeah, Quinn. I was gonna say she's Harley and Quinn. um, and then who else? I guess Diablo. Uh, kind Diablo of. very briefly, but I'm saying like they give these huge, like these longer backstories for Deadshot. They give him a, him a, a family. I don't know what he has in actual comics, but in this film, they give him a family. They give him like he's not a bad guy. I mean, he's like, just a contract that- killer, and then. And well, then they give have... Harley Quinn's, uh, you know, backstory that everybody should know about with the Joker, how she became Harley Quinn, how she's in love with the Joker. And then they have, like, a very brief, initial brief uh, intro of, like, El Inferno. Is that his name? I don't know. But, see, what I'm tr- – like, see, I don't have the issue with that they give specific people – uh, more, like, backstory than others. Like, I, I have no problem if they focus more on Deadshot and Harley Quinn, but the thing is, there there's so many characters, especially characters that I'm unfamiliar with, and they're trying to give, for the most part, a lot of them, like, specific time to get to know them, but it doesn't... A, the pacing isn't right, the narrative, it, it, they're just kind of strung together, and, like, the beginning, I thought it was kind of working. I was like, okay, so the characters that I'm going to need to know are the witch, which, the, the, so the witch, uh, Harley Quinn, and uh, Deadshot, which I was like, okay. And, like, I liked how they introduced them. It was very, like, uh, like Deadshot. It had, oh, this is what he, his name, what he does, what he's proficient with, and, like, the list of weapons just go on and on. And then we kind of get a little interlude of him working with his daughter. And, like, I'm like, okay, that's nice. And then Batman is the one that bra- is, like, busts him. And then Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's was, it was, I see, I didn't really know anything about it. And I thought it was kind of neat that a, uh, that, like, a nurse who's working, or, a, um, a doctor that is trying to treat the Joker falls in love. I'm like, oh, that's pretty. Falls in love with the Joker. And that's pretty interesting. And and I thought the witch. I mean, it's just kind of. I mean, at first I was like, why do we need to know about this character? Um, but I guess it later it kind of you need the information. It sets up some things. But and then we get into uh, Boomerang, which he doesn't really do much in this. Uh, Croc. I don't even think he has a backstory. I don't remember if Killer Croc had like a backstory. I think he was just there. Um, I'm trying to think who else was in there. That uh, I mean, Diablo kind of had it. it. It was like set up, but then, like I said, he's the one that his thing is paying off two thirds into the movie. Like when it's almost over, we're just finding out another art, like something about him. And I'm like, well, I, it will, what we find out is that he killed his family because he lost control of his powers, which is interesting, but, like, it's explored too late into the film because there's already so much going on at this point. Um, and it also, when they arrested him and he's walking out of his ha- like out of a house, like, oh, he surrendered. I'm like, oh, I bet he, like, killed his family. Like, I called it right off the bat. So this reveal is nothing new to me. And... And also, and I also wish they, I mean, I don't know, there's just so much going on, and there's, well, I feel exploring like... the relationship of, 
Joker and Harley Quinn and the main guy, like the 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 main GI. I don't even remember his name and the witch because they're apparently re like they're a thing. Oh well, yeah, well yeah, well then we also like so we have the main villains. Uh, they're like essentially. I mean, we go through Arkham. I guess it's no, it's not Arkham Asylum. It's like some Louisiana high, uh, like uh, what is it? Just a big, a huge uh, high security prison. We pretty much get all the team together, and then they introduce uh, Rick Flag, which is the guy who's like special ops. He is going to be in control of the Suicide Squad, and he's also when they assembled the team together, they put these explosive like. Uh, chills or something, chips in their neck, where if they don't comply, they'll just blow you up, they'll blow your head up, and... Which I thought so Rick, was, Rick, I thought was an interesting idea, just to keep, like, how do you keep villains in check, because well, yeah, once you, t like, they're in, they're in prison for life, once you give them that, ex like, that opportunity to run, they're gonna run, so how do you keep them in check? I'm like, alright, that works, so I went well, with that. Well, that. that was also, that was also in the comic, like, oh, they did that, okay. except they wore rings or something, it was kind of like what they did in Battle Royale, where you wore, like, a thing around your neck, and it would blow up, if, like, oh. and they, it was a remote sensor, um, By the but, way, it works. But the point is, Rick Flag and Weller, the the woman who establishes this group, they are the two that can push the button and blow you up. But Rick Flag is important not only because he's the leader, but because he's in love with the main villain, who uh, essentially I don't know who Enchantress Enchantress is, but essentially it was like this professor went into a, like a Mayan site found a random statue, broke it open, and then got, uh, um... Possessed. Yeah, possessed by this witch character. And essentially, they were... She was she was going to be in the Suicide Squad, but she ended up going rogue and, like, freeing her brother, who... and then They're, they're like, ancient god... A, go a goddess and a god. And they're... And, like, they're the villains, so they're plant... Like, their big thing is just to wipe out humanity because they no longer worship them yeah and so that and so that's like the main foil for this i guess this movie to uh unfold after like that is the target yeah and i mean like that makes sense because like even from what i read in volume one that's not too far-fetched because like in volume one there was there was a scene where they had to go into a stadium and the stadium was being possessed by it was like a zombie infection, but it was like robotic zombies. So if you got bit, you like turn into like a mech, like not a mech, but like you you grew into like some um, like a synthetic like or something. Like, like a, yeah, that. an organic synthetic. And so like essentially, what the Suicide Squad had to do was kill everybody in the stadium. And it's like that really zany, incredibly outlandish and over the top like style. It, it like fit for a villain. Because they've had to do, do yeah, excuse me, had to done that stuff before. But um, I mean, that being said, I still didn't really. When I think of DC, I don't think of you know possessed witches who are like they can like take control of people and um, yeah, like I never got this like paranormal aspect in DC. I always feel like that was for Marvel, you know. Not even Marvel. It just seems like both of them. I, I don't know. I'm not no, a big comic. I'm not a comic guy. I'm not. I, I'm not even gonna go down that road because I'm not informed. But like, I guess since we're on the characters and my thing, my thing about these villains and they're they're just they're just plot. They're, like okay, so I was just really confused because this the pacing is awkward and like this the story isn't very. I don't think it's very well set up. So no, it's not. When when. 
the enchantress when she was when she uh I don't know she starts setting up things and she gets her brother back um and she escapes I was just really I was like all right these like my issue is that these character these villains like the villains of this story are they're just plot points. They're just like MacGuffins, and they do, they do, they're not complex. Like I thought it was ran, like it was really random. Uh, like uh, I don't know. They were just it was just I thought they was really contrived, and they weren't explained. Like the thing with villains, and we were talking about the Dark Knight. Why I like the villains should be just as complex, if not more. They should be characters, not just. Thing like this was my issue with Ghostbusters. The villain, I I couldn't tell you anything about that villain, nor can I tell you about it here. Their their motivations are so simple, and like they're not. Well, they're, and well, like, I'm not saying they're complex, but there's it's just they're so simple and they're not explored. Uh, there's like even if there is some there's something to do with why they want to wipe out humanity other than they're not like worshiping like why is being worshipped good I mean even if they're gods no, I don't know I don't care about that I don't know I, don't I just care. don't I just don't like need, how simple you, these characters are no because you need like a simple villain I don't give a shit about the villain you you just need somebody for the Suicide Squad to like destroy I don't care about the villain because we ultimately know they're gonna lose in the end I care about like even just like how the the story is just so like sloppy is that they kind of just gloss over things like and they don't even they don't even give it the time to like, explain i remember okay so like a very prevalent example that i could think of right now that i was like really like like a head turner moment like what what the hell was that about when okay so like when they're in the main room it, it's a uh, weller and she's trying to sell the idea to like the heads of like state and government and stuff and the guy's like no no way i'm not doing this with villains and then she's like, okay, Enchant Enchantress, uh, go steal us some foreign intel. And then she just disappears, and then they give her, like, the, and she d appears instantly with a book. And it's like, oh, here's your Iranian, you know, weapons folder, or whatever. It's like, we've been trying to get this book for years. And then it's like, oh, don't touch me, don't touch me. And then literally, uh, they, they're, they're saying, like, oh, okay, uh, whatever, whatever. And then I think it's, like, five minutes later, five or ten minutes later, and then the shit hits the fan where en Enchantress... Starts taking over the city. That's what I was gonna say, and like, then, oh, and then and then the government officials are like, oh, run, run Operation X or whatever. And I'm like, wait, so like you just weren't about it? I guess when Enchantress stole that book, you immediately were. It was like an instantaneous flip. Well, and like, also, okay, like, let's go, let's do it. I mean, it's not just the flip, but like the plot, like it goes from like nothing really going, like them kind of building the team, to them just like, all right, fuck, shit's hitting the fan. We need to go now, now, now. And I was like, okay, and. Before we get off the tangent of the characters, I want to talk about the Joker. I am, yeah. I am really split on the Joker, and because well, I'm gonna, well, I'm gonna say right now, like what I said to you as soon as I left the theater and you asked me about the Joker, I think Jared Leto's Joker is incredibly mediocre. And that's not, I don't think that's the fault of Jared Leto because he is an amazing method actor. And I just think I like, I like his work, but no, just as too. the Joker. It's 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 just lackluster. There's nothing really memorable is it, is it about because, the Joker. Is it because of how how like how infrequent he's used, and when well, he is I'm, used, he's really on screen for like five minutes. Well, what and I'm it's also say, he's. It would it be better if because the first thing that this film, when this film was like in its I guess post production, uh, it or I guess when it was finishing up production, it was the leaked picture of Jared Leto as the Joker. That was a first thing about this movie well, that really anyone me, had seen well and let me let me just kind of go off with this tangent here 
why the Joker doesn't work in this film is because of that. That the first material that we ever saw of this film was Jared Leto. Jer- the Joker was used as a gimmick, as a pull for the audience, and the Joker should never be used as that, especially in like. And, and, like, and he shouldn't have to be. You should rely on the story alone. You shouldn't have to rely on these, like, characters. Because I'm pretty sure the Joker, from what I've even read, he's not even... he's not Okay, first of all, he's not, not even a member of the Suicide Squad. It's always these these villains that we saw, these, like, well, B and C-list villains. Well, the but, Joker in this isn't... He's not part of this. No, I'm saying, squad. but yeah, so he is no, he doesn't belong in this film. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. And the whole, and so, and they're like shoehorning in, in the film, the relationship and the whole dichotomy between Harley Quinn and the Joker. When in reality, the Joker, you don't, he, the Joker is, is like such a high caliber villain that he, he isn't of character that you just put off as a B-list character in a film like this. And like, and that, and that was the problem because the Joker, like I said this to you, the Joker in every single iteration of the Joker, whether it be like the the animated series or Batman 89, The Dark Knight, or uh, even like The Killing Joke, he's always the forefront of the action. He's always the main antagonist because the Joker is this large, larger than life character. And so you can't just put him off the side and then expect it to work because he's so dynamic and so just complex to every story. And he's so integral to, I guess, like even like the DC mythos. And, and the fact that that's what I was pissed off about is that they didn't even get him right. It, it, at least from what I see. Uh, and I'm going to go into this right now because with the Joker. Okay. So what we see of him, I'm just going to start chronologically. Uh, I believe the first intro of him is when they're at the club. No, it's when, I think it's when they're at Arkham. It's like, oh, yeah. it's like it, no, Harley's it's, backstory. It's Harley's backstory, and it's like it's how they fell in love. It's pretty much like the trailer, I would say. Like, when, yeah, but well, and then, so, yeah, so we have the whole thing, and, like, so she he takes over Arkham, and then, like, um, gives her electric shock therapy or whatever, and then, and then you see her, like, falling into a vat, but you don't really know what that means yet. And then I think the next scene is, um, <clears throat> I think it's another back, it's, like, more of her backstory where the Joker's at a club, we see Harley Quinn, like, you know, doing like a stripper dance, and then the Joker's talking to um, some random uh, black gangster, which is it's like a rapper. It's like Commoner. I think he's a rapper. Yeah, but the point I, I being, think I've seen him from Hell on Wheels. Yeah, but the point being is that like we we get more of the Joker. It, oh, it's how Harley Quinn was captured by Batman and how she was put in prison. And so uh, the Joker's talking to the guy. I don't even remember what it was over. And, but he ends up shooting him, and then they end up driving in, like, a purple Lamborghini, and Batman starts chasing them. And so then, and then essentially what jo- the Joker does is drive off into the river and leaves Harley Quinn to die. And Batman, sa- or like, saves her and then puts her in the prison. And then I believe the next scene of the Joker is saying Harley was taken and she's in the prison, and he's, like, doing, he's just sitting in a room... And then he's like, oh, we're going to go get her. And then he starts laughing. And then we see the prison guard talk to the Joker, which I didn't even realize that was the prison guard, but we can talk about that scene later. And he gives her the phone to keep communicating off and on with her. Um, and then the Joker eventually uh, de- uh, deactiv- like finds, finds a scientist to deactivate the chip in her neck that'll make her head explode. And she- Harley Quinn gets away. And then... The, the helicopter that the Joker is on is shot down. Harley Quinn gets away. You're led to believe that the Joker's dead, which I never believed for a second. And then he comes back at the end and takes Harley. 
that's really the extent of the Joker. And now, my problem with this is that the whole time, the Joker, it doesn't even fit the character. Like, Jared Leto's Joker doesn't fit the character of the Joker. And the fact that I never once believed that, like, I always thought that Joker did actually really, like, love Harley. But he never would, like go and like save her and chase her that doesn't fit the joker's mo it's always the other way around harley is always helping the joker help him out the joker would never like go out of his way to like steal a helicopter or like text her saying i'm gonna get you the joker would never do that the joker the best scene with the joker of character is when he leaves her to die in the lamborghini that's exactly in character for him to do and that's why i totally believed it for batman the saver um, but when he's like, uh, you know, I, I could see him seeing, getting the scientist to deactivate the chip in her neck, but in terms of stealing a helicopter and then just mowing everybody down saying, come on, come on, babe, let's go. And then breaking into a, a high security prison to save her. I never would believe the Joker would do that. And that, and, that, and also, uh, I hate, I hate the design. Like I, okay. Like there was always a controversy over the tattoos and like, why do you need these really ridiculous tattoos? Why does he need damaged tattooed on his head? Why does well, he need that stupid just, smile? I think that's just nitpicking at this point. I mean, like, no, okay, when, well, Heath, Ledger, no, when Heath Ledger came out, people were like, oh, like, what is this, like, what is this makeup? Like, what is this long, stringy hair? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's... No, but the difference between that is that it worked for the character. I th See, it I thought that this was fine. I mean, like, like Harley, like, I th she was very similar style to the Joker, and it worked on her. Like, why couldn't it work on him? No, I, I just thought it was no, a different I didn't like that. I didn't take like... on the Joker. No, that, that, no, that, that's Harley Quinn's, like, famous look. That, that's not, like, a thing pulled what, out of the Ryan movie. having Ryan tattooed on the side of Oh, I didn't of like, no, I was actually having... gonna say that. I didn't like that at all. I didn't like the whole rotten tattooed on her face. That's stupid. I, but like I, her see, outfit, I think that's just nitpicking. And no, okay, well, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm giving my full opinion on the Joker, and I feel like having these like really like it's not even over the top, but it's like having it's like everything is like it's aesthetically cool, but like so you're telling me like the Joker just sat there still while they tattooed ha 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 all over his chest. Also in that scene where they're saying, oh, the Joker like. Um, his his uh, henchman, his right hand man, who is actually Hoyt in True Blood. He's a character in the show. Um, that's that's who he is. He says like Harley's in this high security prison, and he's like, "Well, we gotta get her." And then he's sitting around a circle of bullets, guns, knives, and like bottles of wine, and he just sits there laughing. So I'm like, "So you're telling me that the Joker set up this really intricate circle of weaponry just to sit around and do nothing with, like?" It, it's cool to look at, but when you actually, like, question it and you think about it, like, did he actually do that? Like, why is that there? It doesn't make any sense. Yes, that's nitpicking, but if, if it's in the movie, I'm going to nitpick it, especially for a beloved character like the Joker. I love the Joker. He's my favorite antagonist in all of – not all of literature because that's, that's a really broad statement. But, like, just I love seeing the Joker in this, and he's a, he's a beloved character of mine. And in every iteration, I can take something new from the Joker – and I'm not saying this is Jared Leto's fault. I'm saying it's just the bar was set so high and you're going to treat him like a – not an insignificant character, but treat him like a B-list well, character. And you can't do that. I've, I took this as I, – I, as 
the I think there's gonna be a Ben Affleck standalone movie, and like this is what DC's been doing, and what is to it to their detriment, in my opinion, that we're and we talked about this too. We're like they're trying to play catch up, and you you said they're they're on the coattails of Marvel, and their universe is so expansive, and everything's connected, and it works. Here, they obviously arrived late to the party, and they're trying to do the same thing, but instead of taking you know a, an an appropriate extended amount of time to properly build each character and give them their own their own films and backstories and set motivations and and story arcs that will expand upon movies that Marvel's doing DC is just making two and a half to three hour long movies and stuffing as much shit into them as they can so Batman v Superman it's there's Wonder Woman, there's the death of Superman, there's Batman and Superman fighting, there's, I don't know, um, there's, uh, whatever, whatever happens in, uh, like, Lex Luthor, uh, in here, I think they're setting up the Joker and all the Suicide like, Squad for their that, continuous, that, well, that's for ridiculous. their future films, like, but, the, but what I'm getting at, what, what, what I want to say oh, quick about the Joker, especially, or, like, in this iteration, is that each one has their own, like, different things, so... Um, Cesar Romero was the clown. Jack Nicholson was obviously the gangster. Uh, Mark Hamill uh, is a psychotic. He, I guess, and, yeah, he was and, a psychotic. And but, then Heath I mean, Ledger is a sociopath. Well, no, I, I I would take Heath Ledger more as like the anarchist, but oh yeah, and Jared but, Leto is more the uh, psychopath, sociopath, and they all add their own twists. I mean, I mean, even if you just want to look at the design of the Joker in each iteration. So here, I mean, I don't I I don't really care. That he has tat damage tattooed right on his head, or he's like tattoos of ha ha ha. I mean, I think honestly, I think it's, it's just, just it's just so it's just stupid. A different. I just think it's a different look for the Joker that I think is and like I like the grill on his teeth not, because when you look at it specifically, it's it's like uh, it looks like it's more like filled in where his his teeth got stomped in. At least that's from what I took it as. Oh, I don't. Um, I didn't mind the grill. That's fine. No, I'm just like, using that's actually, that. Like that's actually not a bad interpretation. Well, I'm using of that. that as an example, and like, but the tattoos, it's just like. I just took it as like, and this style is very. I don't even. I don't even know how to. I mean, I don't want to say it's not. No, never mind. I don't. What would you label this like style? It's very bright and ambient, and like, like it's very neon. Yeah, it's very neon. I feel like it works. Like I feel like this, like the Joker's neon green hair. Uh, I think the, I, I feel like, like the tattoos work. I honestly, I think they work. I mean, because they're not. I never. I see my issue with this Joker wasn't that. Oh, it's like the nitpick, like how he looks. I thought he looked fine. It was more of how he was written and his interaction with the story. Well, that's what I, I mean. That's also my main grip with the film. How he acted. It's just like he's not like this. This like romantic. Like the Joker was never like this romantic kind of guy I who was like. I'm gonna go after the girl. Like he never was I like that. I took him more as like a mob boss in this one. More, I mean, like he's crazy, but like I never took him as like, like Heath Ledger or like Mark Hamill's like psychotic. I always just took him as like he's like a mob boss and he's just like a loose cannon. Like I never really yeah, saw I never took Joker him as like, like he's crazy. Not, like when well, he the, was like doing like like what you mentioned earlier when like he had like the knives and the guns. I was like that, he's just like. That's just them trying to show me, like, force it down my throat that he's, like, insane. But I never really, I just felt like that was just forced and... Well, it's like, it's, I think that was a dumb set To be honest, I mean, like, it's... But I guess it fits the style, but I just thought it was kind of trite and, uh, I don't know, it... No, like, I, it's like, it, it's a cool shot, 
But again, like a lot of this stuff is like it's cool, but when you think about it, you're like, that's dumb. And that was like my main thing. It was like all surface level. Like everything was just happening and there wasn't like anything to it. And like and a lot of it's like even just like the deep stuff, it's like the deepest thing they have in this film is like the recurring theme of like what do you, what would you do for the person you love? Like if there's Deadshot with his uh, daughter, there's Harley Quinn with the Joker, and then there's uh, the uh, Rick Flag with his girlfriend. And it's like that, and he, even to the fact that Harley Quinn's gun it says love and hate on it. But I'm saying that is because it's for the final, uh, I guess, like battle, because it comes down to Deadshot shooting a gun, and the chamber rests on love. And it's like that's just it, it's like not even subtle. Yeah, I don't, and I'm not saying be subtle because I know what this movie is. It's a fun like comic book movie, and but and so I'm not asking for like like being subtle or any of that stuff. But like, at least know what you're trying to say first. Yeah, and also I mean also don't sacrifice like style over substance either. You know, especially if because and and I wouldn't have a problem with that if the story was more or less you know concrete, but it's not. So yeah, and it, like, you know uh, what I mean. Yeah, and just closing up with the like with the character, especially the Joker. Like I don't know. Like I was I was just disappointed. Like you put it perfectly that he's just completely mediocre, and especially since the marketing for this movie was really solely on the Joker. And like, there's always there is these uh, like articles about focusing on Jared Leto. How he was really getting into the character and the mindset of the Joker. He was like mailing dead rats to co-stars and like these weird ass gifts, and just kind of get into that mindset of the Joker. And he's and it's just he's barely used in this. And yeah, honestly, I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if there. I mean, if there is going to be a stand standalone Batman with Ben Affleck, that would be cool. I, it, it honestly, would be cool, I, that would be really cool. I. I'm. I, from well, when I, I was feel... here, I wasn't really impressed with really much of anything. I... Well, because I feel like they gave so little for Jared Leto to do that, like, I feel like he was, like, just a wasted talent. I feel like he could have done a really good job, but, like, they gave him they, – they used him in the complete wrong way. Like, it, it's, like – it looks like they, like the, – okay, this is, like, the thought process that, like, they must have thought. It's, like, okay, we need a gimmick because nobody knows who these people are. It's in D.C. Oh, Harley Quinn's in it. We'll just use the Joker, but we won't use him correctly. We'll just use him as a foil, and the Joker isn't used isn't a foil. So they completely used him in the wrong way. See, if they had like a Batman, like Ben Affleck Batman, and a Jared Leto Joker movie, I feel like that would be really good because you give Jared Leto room to run and to work with. Like that's like saying like you you like have like uh, the world's greatest mile runner, and you have them run. A hundred meter dash. You know what I mean. You don't give them the space to do what they're meant to do. Yeah. And so that—that's what I really didn't like about the film. That was like my main gripe. If you guys couldn't guess already. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think we kind of have everything we need to say about the Joker. So let's get more back into the film again. Um, I guess there's two. I mean, I guess still on the characters tangent. There are two characters. I mean. We already said they don't really develop many characters in in a in a good way, but there are two characters that were utterly I I had no idea why they were here K Katana or Katana and Slipknot especially Slipknot like Slipknot. I mean I see why he was there, but I didn't I I didn't really see the point that he was there I thought that purpose was stupid like okay so Slipknot is 
like one of the, one of the other members on the team, they kind of drop that he is like uh, really good. He can get around places, but he's killed off almost immediately. And he's and he's his sole purpose is to showcase that those chips in the neck are no joke. But I didn't need a character dying for that for this film to tell me like oh they they mean well, business. When, well, when that actually that actually happened in the comics. Like there, well, the thing about the comics too is that I wasn't prepared for is that villains like die left and right in Suicide Squad. Like a lot of villains get taken out. Like this isn't the main cast of villains in the comics, at least initially in Volume One. There are like at least five villains that die, and like this was this happened like a, like Slipknot. I think it was Slipknot in the comics. Like ah eh, fuck this, and then like roped away, and then they blew him up, and they're like, well, this is no joke. But I feel like you didn't need Slipknot to illustrate that character other than, like, a death. And also, for something that, like, is going to blow your head up, like, they didn't even show it. They just showed, like, a quick flash, and then they just showed his body hanging. And I feel like if you're going to show, like, this is going to blow up your head, you should, like, at least show something. I know it's a PG-13 movie, but... But still, I mean, because they set up, like, oh, your head's going to explode. We And they said it, like, four times, like... We will kill you if you try and escape, if you kill me, if you don't complete the mission. If you don't like they set all these parameters like if you don't if pretty much if you don't follow my orders you will die. And then someone and then they even they and even before they go, the first thing they do when they get their like uh their their attire, they talk about running away and 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 like how they're going to get away and they're like all right and they're kind of like forming mini alliances. But so oh, wait, I well, well, I just you just mentioned when they're getting their attire. I wanted to mention uh, so like they had like a, a few good throwbacks with Harley Quinn. Yeah, I saw her like her actual like well her original like her jester's jester, costume. Yeah. But also uh, I completely forgot this in her character bio when they were showing like what happened to her, and there was like that quick like black black uh, backdrop with like her dancing with the Joker. Um, like, the Joker's in a tuxedo, and she's in her Jester's outfit. That's actually from, like, a really famous, uh, like, comic picture. I actually have that issue, where it's, like, this them joke. It, it was, like, it's a good, it's a good, uh, I guess, like, throwback to a comic. It's, it's a really good picture, um, and it's a really iconic one at that, too. Um, but I just wanted to say that they, they did throw in the Jester and, and her hammer, even if she ended up using a slugger. <laughs> they did have her hammer. Like, that. that's, like, her also, like, iconic... Yeah. Like peace. But yeah, so I mean that was kind of neat, and then like they're all suiting up, and uh, but yeah, that was my bit about Slipknot, and then uh, well, Katana. Well, also, wait. well, it, well, like, well, the whole thing with Katana, it's like they're literally in the choppers, and then like just she shows up randomly, and then just jumps on the plane, and then well, and then they say, oh, like, like she's... oh, she's my bodyguard, and I'm like. And well, she just, almost missed the flight, you know? Well, they say, oh, like, and then they kind of quickly set up, like, oh, she's killing gangsters or something because they killed her husband. And it's never explored. It's maybe, it's explored once, only once later on. And then it's like, she's crying over, okay, so she, her, her katana, it, it's like a special sword that they don't explain why it's, I mean, they say why it's special, but they don't explain, like, how it became special. And it killed her husband so, and it apparently it has the ability to like suck souls so her husband's soul is in the sword there's a scene like right kind of before the final climactic battle and she's crying over it saying i'm gonna like if i die i'll be with you and which they, is like really weird because i feel like that's like them trying to like instill like some sort of emotion for this character well, like that even, you feel like some sort of stakes for well it's even and it's like just shoehorn later because it's like she's crying and then 
they're saying something like, oh, like, it's always the crazy ones, and then Harley, it's like, it's played off for a laugh, because then Harley looks over like, oh, yeah, you, you said something, like, crazy, and then it immediately cuts back to her, like, this katana crying, and it's, like, like dramatically sh uh, sheathing the sword, and then they go, and I'm like, what? So it, it's just a really, it's like, it's tonally, that scene in particular was all over the place, like, she's crying, they play a laugh, and then five seconds later they, like, kind of go back to she is upset. And they, and they always did that, too. They had, like, these, like, quick dramatic moments, and then they, like, cut away to, like, literally, like, a five-second, like, joke, and then went back straight to the action, well, or, like, film, the, the dramatic moment. Well, this film, especially after Deadpool, they went back and added more comical bits because they didn't think... Uh, I, from what I understand, they didn't think people could really handle, like, dark. Uh, but also, I think... I don't know. I mean, I think the humor needed to be in the movie, but, like, where they added it, it was odd. And But they did go back after the success of the Deadpool of Deadpool and its humor and kind of things. They added scenes. So, I don't know if, this was one, if that was one of them, but... And, some, and I thought the comedy worked. For, I mean, I wasn't really laughing, but, like, I thought it was okay. I wasn't really laughing. I don't really... I don't know. I don't really laugh at films I don't know. Jokes. I liked, like, people I liked were what, laughing... What Will when Will Smith said some things like I liked when he's like all right after they uh, he showcases a shooting like uh, min, like a shooting greatness he says all right these are my these are my terms and I'm not gonna work without them and I'm like okay that's like that's it's like oh I want my daughter to go to Harvard or or uh, or Yale and it's like Ivy League like yeah Ivy League like I thought that was okay and then I thought I don't know some of the stuff in the end was okay. Um, but for the most part, I thought the humor was just kind of shoehorned in there for no reason. Um, yeah, because even, else? like, for me, like, Suicide Squad was never, like, especially funny. Like, especially even in the comics, it, it never was funny. It was just, like, a story to tell. Well, the style they're going for is really energetic, and it is energetic, so I guess, like, you can't have, like... it. I, I guess, like, dark and brooding doesn't really go with energetic. Um, like, with the neon, uh, like bright uh or bright neon colors like that doesn't really go with dark and, bro and brooding so i see like why they need like why they ha chose to have humor i just didn't think that they they shoehorned them and they interjected them in like inappropriate spots um and like so i also want to talk about like kind of the action of this film and we 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 briefly touched upon this in our post theater like our post theater uh discussion i see for me I thought there was just, uh, like, it, I don't want to say it was senseless, but I I didn't really feel like there, like, the violence was, or, like, the action was solely there just because, oh, this is, a, this is like, a villain's, like, they need to kick someone's ass, and it was just there. Like, they, it would just happen. And, like, for instance, like, the first, I call this, like, set, a team set piece number one, I was like, it was okay, where they all really start, like, showing how, like, awesome they are. Uh, I, but the thing is, I didn't really feel anything during this. I'm not saying, like, the, like, the action should, like, make me feel something, but I literally had no emotion. I was just sitting there, just, like, watching people just throw people across the screen. Will Smith shoot someone. Like, I didn't really have any ebb and flow. I was just sitting there indifferent about what was going on in the screen. Yeah, like... I mean, like, the action bits were, like, good, but, like, it became, like, especially, like, towards the middle of the film, it just became, like, oversaturated, where they just kind of, like, threw stuff in there 
just to, for the sake of just having action in the film, I believe. Like, you don't need to, like, shove uh, just violence down my throat. You can, like, have these scenes, instead of just, like, showing, like, an elongated, like, um, you know, 10-minute fight scene, have it, like, develop the characters a little bit more. Like, I don't need to be constantly bombarded by them fighting. I get it. They're badass. You don't need to show this to me all the time, at least. Also, also the fact that it, it was like relatively quickly, uh, that they even got into this, this, uh, this fight. It's like 20, I think like 20 minutes go by and then they're already getting choppered in there. And also the weird thing is like, do you know, like what they, they never knew their mission, they thought their mission was, like, getting a high-value target out of the city, but, like, they're literally in going into the city, and they see, like, this giant, like, apocalyptic shit going down, and it's, like, and I'm, well, wait, so, one sec. Alright, sorry about that, guys, that I was just trailing off for a second, and the rough cutaway, uh, we were just having some Skype trouble, so now we just figure that out, so... Back to the discussion, uh, what I was talking about before we cut off and before I started trailing off was that uh, I think we were on the subject of, I guess, just weird plot points or something like that, where they, the last thing I remember talking about was they... It was, it was like the violence, how I had no reaction to it, and it was just... Well... Like, I, I was just, I was, I, I don't know how else to describe it besides I had literally no reaction. I just sat there when it started, and when it finished, I was like, meh, okay. Well, I guess the the part that I was saying was it was weird because they, oh, the, I was saying that they didn't even know their mission. Like, they, they were lied to, which I don't even know why that was an issue in the first place, why you would lie to them. Because they, they were told initially that they're getting, like, a high-value target in some building in the middle of the city. And then they walk into the city, and they are literally riding to a helicopter, and they see, like, this apocalyptic shit going on. Like, there's, like, a big light in the air, and, like, trash is floating around it. Because you know they see it, because Harley Quinn says, hey, guys, look at that. And they don't even question it. And then they, and then the whole idea is that, like, oh, you're lying to the Suicide Squad. Like, it's, you, like, th like I don't even know what they were expecting when they, that when they saved the target. Because then they would just have to get the witch anyway. So I don't know why they, they lied to them. Well, unless I'm here's, missing here's, stuff. Well, here's the thing. Like, when that happened... I, I thought... Okay, so... I thought the mission was go get the woman who was... what What's her name? That saves... Well, they didn't even say it was Waller. They just said it was, like, some random person. Well, I know. Like, that's where they, they lied. So... Like, why? It's like, oh, okay, we, well, we have to go get Waller. I don't know. I guess it was like they wouldn't do it if they said otherwise, but... I was, I mean, that wouldn't matter, because they said, you follow what we say or we blow you up, so I don't know why that was a big deal, I don't know, but the thing with my, the thing with that is, to me, is that, so they go rescue Waller, and then they're gonna leave, uh, I'm assuming it's like New York or something, because, well, the, the, Waller was there monitoring the, the, the witch and all that, like, the stuff that was going on, and so they were sent in just to get her out and, and, um, evacuate her, and then she gets captured, and they're like, okay, now we gotta go deal with the witch, so I was like, was their mission just, like, spontaneous, and that they were gonna go, they weren't initially sent to go deal with the witch, like, the thing that they were put, that the team was assembled for, to take out, like, Superman-like, or, like, 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 all-powerful beings, like, they were put together to do that, and 
some supernatural shit is going on, and they're sent to go take out the person, or they're they're sent to go uh, evacuate the person and rescue the person that is monitoring it. I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. It was like when, like, oh, like the, the like Waller is down. We gotta go save her. It's like what. Like, what, was their mission not to stop the the witch to begin with? Yeah, that's with? what I thought was weird, because it's like, that's that's obviously the main threat, and that was like, the, the like even for the other people, they're like, well, there's this unknown entity, they, they literally said, they're like, there's this unknown entity taking over the place, so let's send them in, but yet they lied to them, and then it was like, and you know they lied to them, because, um... Deadshot finds a top secret notebook and was like, "Oh, when were you going to tell us about the girl?" I'm like, "What?" Because and and you know that they're not talking about the romantic interest with Flag because later when they're in the bar they say, "Did you know I was sleeping with her too?" So I'm like, "So so from that information alone, I'm led to deduce that they didn't know what they were doing there." Like it, I don't like for, the real purpose. For me, it's like why not just say like straight it's not like it's a big reveal either because we knew my what biggest the issue thing is was. like it's like things are happening and i don't know and i'm not sure why they're happening and to be honest i don't know if i really care and like here they're trying to sh- like shoehorn more like character things in there like we actually missed the bit where the joker and heart like joker is testing harley's like love for him like in the i think this is in the building in the federal building and which i'm uh, pretty sure and we get this like which i'm pretty sure we didn't get, happen that way i'm pretty sure joker just threw her in there she didn't like well, willingly jump in well they were like oh will you die for me yeah all right well that's cliche will you live for me it's like yes like what and then and then she willingly steps into like the vat basically is that like a vod a vat of like toxic it's, or, it's, or, it's, of, it's like acid or something into. See, that's what I thought it was, but if I didn't read The Killing Joke, I would have, or seen it, I would have no idea what that is. Like, I just thought it was, like, acid, because she falls in, or she, she, she is in there, and then Joker is, like, turns around and is, and is like, oh, I'm gonna just let her die, and then he's like, well, well I can't do that, and he turns around and Which jumps in after her. Which also is out of character for Joker, because Joker wouldn't give a shit, you know what I mean? He wouldn't, he doesn't yeah. feel empathy. In that moment, he felt empathy for her, so that's why he jumped what? in there. You can yeah, see and him, then he like, jumped in, like sigh and like, oh, I gotta go get her. That means he like felt empathy. The jo- that's like what makes the Joker so great because he just kills uh, without remorse and without guilt or any feeling. He just does it, and like it's so out of character for just the Joker to do that. Now, if he like threw her in there and then jumped in after, like jumped in with her because it's like one big joke, that would make more sense than well, I love her, so I gotta go in there. Like it doesn't. It- well, I mean. It looked cool. Like again, like I said, a collection of cool moments that are sh- that are loosely strung together by s- what is laughably called a narrative. Well, it's her, it's and her like origin story, when they, but like well, when they when they arose, at first I was like, "Is that acid?" Because I thought his ripped shirt was well, it is. It's like chemicals. It's like it's like well, it's highly I know, but chemicals. I thought it was like I thought it was his skin like melted away, and I was like, "Holy shit!" They went dark, and then I was like, "Oh no." Like, it's just, like, I thought that was, like, bone and, like, deep tissue and, but, and, like, tendons, but no, it was, I mean, it was just clothes once I realized that, and then they kiss and they start laughing, and, like, it looked cool, <laughs> which I'll be saying a lot through, which I will be saying a lot through this, but, um, so that happened, it was, like, a swirl of paint, they, I guess that's how, that's how Harley gets her, like, stained, uh, uh, white skin appearance. Yeah, well, that's how the Joker got his. Well, yeah, but... Uh, but, and 
another thing that happens in this scene in this federal building is well you mentioned earlier we didn't like with senseless violence with with Harley Quinn like she's she goes into the elevator and then she just and like like she just like kind of steps away from the group and then she's in the elevator and she just has this like random fight with two monsters and then she gets up and the op- the elevator doors open and she's just with the squad and you mentioned you could just cut like literally cut this bit from the movie and nothing would change yeah it's like it's it's not to establish that they got upstairs cuz like you could just show that but you don't, and, like, we already know Harley Quinn is, like, a badass. We saw her, like, beat up people. They told us that she's, like, put five guards in the hospital. Like, you don't need to show us just kicking more ass. Like, it really doesn't matter. And, like, to that point, that's what I'm talking about, like, an oversaturation of violence. Because it's just, like, it's boring. Like, I guess she's fighting more henchmen. Which, literally, not even five minutes later, they have another huge gunfight with the same exact henchmen. And they, they kick yeah, their asses and, too. And I wanna and like I wanna say, like, this is the bit where like so Diablo through the whole thing, like, it's kind of hinted, oh, he has like he's a fire starter no, and well, he, like, it's not even he can manipulate the fire. Well, no, they're like they're like they show videos of just like, oh, the the pure awesome power that he has. And throughout the whole fights, he's not been doing anything because he's afraid of losing control and wiping more people out. And at one and at one point, uh Deadshot is like egging him on to like use his powers. He's like, "You want to see what I can do?" And he just like, "I'm like, oh, here he goes." And then he releases a controlled like huge blaze. And I was like, "Okay, that's kind of cool," well, but weird. it was really it was lackluster well, in my opinion because it's like it he's up. they built up to this huge moment where he's like he's finally gonna use his powers, and it's like he just shoots some flames at some guys. Like, yeah, it's all it's like a, it's like a it's a feat. But, like, we already know he could do that. It's not like this big moment where it's like, whoa, that's what he can do. Because in the beginning of the film, we saw him disintegrate, like, 20 prisoners. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a badass. But, like, when he starts lighting these people, like, these things on fire, it's played off, like, this really big moment. And it doesn't play like that because we already it's know. Nothing, we knew it's what nothing, he, we yeah, knew it's what nothing he could new. do. So it's like, it, I don't know why they, like, chose to focus on that. And, and like I got, he didn't want to use his powers, like I said earlier, that he because he doesn't know he's not he's unsure of what he's capable of, and he doesn't want to like rage too much, and so, and so I was expecting something like uh, like in Hellboy, like something kind of like a dynamic like that where oh, yeah, she, she just blows up where she where that fire starter like she has no idea the potential of her powers and once she gets going she can't stop and that's why she doesn't use her yeah, powers he can't stop yeah he 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 is a complete control of his power so when he, and in the beginning like when they're trying to recruit him he's like yeah i'm i'd rather die in peace before i use my powers and then he uses his powers but it's in that instance it it shows like it, it's maybe hinting at that he can't control it, but here he's he's in complete control. He's like uh oh shit, the um Johnny Storm in Fantastic Four. Like he has complete control of his powers. He can I do mean, anything with like, fire I feel manipulation. Like he was just fly. traumatized the fact that he killed his family, so maybe he didn't want to use his powers again. But like but it doesn't play like that. He he says, I don't know what's gonna happen. So it's it's not even a, an issue that he just doesn't want to use it. He's afraid of it, but he's in complete control. Even he's even in control when he like hulks out into like this fire monster. He's in control of that. Like he chose yeah. to do that. Which it's yeah. like it, it, it's and like the motivation is completely off in my opinion for his character. Yeah, I and like I, him, I mean but... I have 
Yeah, I know. He was one of my favorite characters because I thought he was the most, like, complex because he actually had... I mean, Deadshot had his backstory, but I thought uh, Diablo's backstory was much more, like, engaging in that, like, oh, he was... He came from the streets and he had this godlike power and no one said no to him except this one woman and he... And she was against his lifestyle, and he just got angry with her, and he ended up killing the the the, the three things in his life, his his wife and two children, that actually like made him complete. And now he's like, he's saying like he's empty, and he doesn't he doesn't ever want to resort back to that because like because of what it did. But and like that's interesting, but it's really not explored that that thoroughly. And then. I, I mean I I want to I want to talk more about him towards the end because that's when we really got like he's the Deus Ex of this film but like like Brian hinted earlier that he turns into this like fire demon that is in my is the Deus Ex of this film but uh I want there's there's in this scene with the federal building when we get to um the woman who's in charge uh they go in and like. And I guess it's supposed to be, like, this, like, surprise to the audience as well that they're saving her. And I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, and I thought it was weird. I was like, why? Well, it, there's that. But the, the weirder part is, like, they're like they're trying to assemble the room. And, this, and she pulls out a Glock and just shoots everyone in the room. It's like, oh, they weren't cleared for and, that. And, I was like, like, then why the hell were they there to begin and, with? Like, what do you mean they weren't cleared? Like, they're working there. Well, but how are like, they not cleared? I feel like, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know why, if they weren't cleared, why were they there in the first place? It's not like you knew that, like, shit was going to hit the fan. Like, you didn't know it. They knew what was going on. So it's like... So, like, what you're telling me is that she was like, okay, you guys come here and help me, and then I'm, I'm just going to kill you. But, like, and, the, and but I don't like it because they're just set – they do that because they're trying to set her up as, like, this like this incredibly hard-ass woman who – like, or heartless. Yeah, like, heartless, who's just willing to do anything to get the job done. But, like and, – and they and they just do that by, like, showing her, like, killing just nameless faces and, like – and then saying – the most forced line ever when Harley Quinn first sees her, like, are you the devil? And she's like, oh, maybe. I don't even know, like, where that line even came from because it's, like, that just shows sh so shoehorned. It's, it's like, oh, Harley Quinn first sees a woman and then asks her if she's the devil out of nowhere. Um, and so they're, like, just trying to establish how, like, ruthless she is. And it, and it just comes off as, like, really just forced. A, a lot of things in this movie come off forced. And I didn't like that. I was like, oh, they're not cleared. And then... Uh, we need to get out of here. And then that's when Harley, that's when the Joker rolls up in the chopper, takes Harley, and and then she's like, oh, shoot the chopper down. And Well, here's the thing, like, that scene was kind of cool, and, and this is actually precisely the moment that I realized that this film is just a collection of cool moments, but, um, I don't know, like, it was kind of, I mean, it looked... I mean, it. They turn around and there's a minigun and Joker is just laughing and shooting no, a gun. That was cool, but it again, it didn't fit his his like character. Cause yeah, he's like, come it didn't on, fit baby, his. Like, come on, I'm gonna save you. And then she's doing like weird like acrobatics on the string, and then um, I guess there's like an arc for Deadshot here because she's like, "You're like shoot shoot her," and he says, "Oh no, she didn't do anything wrong to me." He's like, "Well, I'm putting a hit on her, kill her," and he's like, "All right, well that bitch is dead." And then he. It's established in the beginning he never misses, and he takes a shot. There's, like, a fake-out that you think Harley's dead, but she's just playing, like, she's just playing you know, with like it, and he says, oh, I missed. Out, like, for, I didn't think for a second he was going to shoot her. Yeah, I didn't either. It's like, it's like a dumb, like, build-up tension moment, and it wasn't even, like, a good one. And, um, 
I mean, I also, it's not even like, uh, it's not even like an arc. It's just like their compatriots, like they, they are like kindred spirits. So of course he's not going to kill her because some bureaucrat says to do it. Like I, I didn't, I didn't like that. Um, but I mean, it, it just moved the plot along. The Joker's helicopter got shot down, which you're supposed to believe he died. Like I said in the beginning, I didn't believe that for a single second. Um, and, and before you know it, Harley's back with them. And, you know, it's as if nothing even happened. So. Yeah, and... and well, well, cause, well, you're missing the bit where they shoot... Well, I mean, you mentioned it, where they shoot down the, the Joker, like his, hel his chopper. And he... And, and I don't know if they expected, like, the audience to believe that they actually killed Joker. Because I... Not, not like for not for any time in, in this in like in that scene when like he went down with the chopper that I was like oh yeah Joker's dead. I'm like I, so I, I I don't know and like it was kind of, I don't know I thought it was just like kind of pointless um, that like oh like the all the Joker's like oh they're like oh we have company Joker's oh the the chopper's just a uh, it's just a uh, like a ruse. And then it gets shot down, but they get separated, and I guess you're meant to believe that the Joker's dead. When I was like, no, that's not true. But, uh, I never, I wasn't fooled for, for a second, but, so, yeah, and then they meet up together, and I guess they, I don't know, uh, I guess Harley's sad, but, so I'm trying to, I'm looking at my notes, and, well, and then, she, the, the main woman gets kidnapped by... Um, I guess the henchmen, and they, they just, they take her back to the main scene, and at this point, like, I just think, like, DC, I don't, I don't know, I kind of think DC is losing their game with these stories, that they're just, like, sh putting all of this stuff in, and it's, and like, I mentioned earlier, it seems like that this, like, everything is circumstantial, just, oh, we're gonna go save the, we're gonna go save some, uh, vague, high-value target, and then, oh, wait, there's there's some bad shit going on over there, we need to go, like, stop that. Just, like, it's, like, as it's coming up, and, like, they find out things on the, f on the fly, or not on the fly, just, like, as it is deemed important, and, and then this is where we get, like, the bar scene where Diablo has his stories that I had immediately assumed from the start that he killed his, that he killed his family, uh, by accident, just because he just, lo like, lost all control, uh, of his power, and, like, and, and to even, like, just show that, um, Killer Croc has no story, like, has nothing really to do in this, mo in this movie, like, they're, they're talking about him, like, they're like, oh, we're all, like, we're beautiful, like, I, I think Boomerang says to Harley, like, you're heartless, like, you're on, you're beautiful on the outside, but you're ugly on the inside, she's like, no, we're all, we're all, uh, we're all ugly on the inside, except Croc, he is ugly on the outside, and that was one of those moments that were just played for laughs during, like, a dramatic moment <laughs> of, like, kind of, I uh, took it as, like, a character-building moment, um, and then Croc goes, oh, nah, shorty, I, I'm beautiful, and it's, like, one of a weird moment played for laughs, and then, um, the GI comes in, and says, oh, I've, I'm romantically involved with the witch, we need to go save her, blah, 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 they all, I guess this is when they become, well, they've been a team, but this is when they accept him, um, 
and like the bad guys become the good guys at this point and and they kind of have this whole thing like all right we're gonna go take out the witch now and they're gonna end up blowing a hole to get the like the big bad brother away and then they, like they're gonna isolate the witch now you and i said this earlier to further emphasize that croc has no purpose in this film so apparently it's underwater like the subways are flooded and they and like the charge is set under there so they're gonna send like navy divers in there to like set the charge and get out and croc goes no nah, man i live i live underwater like these like i know these these areas um i'm gonna go in there and he does and he doesn't do anything yeah like, like what what did you like, what did you say to me because i thought what you said was really funny because it, it was like i was on the back of my head well but, like well first i'm gonna say what i first I'm like oh so croc is actually gonna have something to do because he didn't oh he, he hasn't well, done yeah. shit for the entire film besides be like the muscle and like fight but he hasn't done anything consequential so I'm like oh well croc's gonna uh put the uh put the charge on and say and like be actually do something but like yeah what i said to you was like was this like a suicide mission and, and that they just never said because like what the seals do like they're all navy seals and croc is that like they get the charge and then they put it up and they set it and then he and then he like sets the fuse and then immediately blows up and i'm like wait did they like know this was a suicide mission or like what because i feel like if killer croc did this i don't even know why he didn't do it uh because if killer croc did they should have he would have pressed the fuse and swam down and he would have been fine because he's like a villain but it was just weird that they're like blow it and then the seal touches the fuse and then immediately blows up so i'm like did he know that he was going on a suicide mission like why did he do this why didn't he just change the fuse like and then get out of there. Why did he sacrifice himself? This nameless person. Well, it's like we're and we're just left to assume that because they never cut back well, to any of it. And plus, the explosion—he literally blows up. He touches it, and then well, you yeah, see the explosion was, take him, and he blows up. But yeah, so and just I don't know. I was just I was like, why the hell do they even have Croc go down there? Just I don't know. I, I can't think of any reason for him to go down there. Oh, he's an alligator. Oh, did, why wouldn't he go down Inferno there? Did die? Diablo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here I was gonna get to this. So I, another I bit forget. that I didn't, that I didn't, for, that I didn't really thought worked. So they all fight. Uh, Brian mentioned earlier that the witch, the the enchantress is trying to kind of seduce them, saying like, "Oh, I can give you all your wants," and you see everyone's wants. And Diablo, it's like with his family, and and him seeing his family, he snaps out of it, says, "I can't, like, I can't undo what I've done." So. And he, and he snaps everyone out, and he goes out, and like I mentioned earlier, he's the deus ex. He's like, oh, I'm going to rage out, and he just turns into this, like, this flaming... Like this, like, Hulk of like, flame. And he just, like, beats... And he, like, he beats the, the brother who... And they, they have this, like, weird... They have this fight. The he He's getting him over to the area that he needs, and the brother ends up... For so, and and it's like I said, the Deus Ex. He's winning the fight until he shouldn't be winning, uh, and so he all of a sudden starts losing his power out of nowhere after kicking this guy's ass the whole time. Like he's literally melting his chest, and then his power just extinguishes for some reason, and he's pinned at the bottom. And oh, also right before this. I think they tell him, like, you need to use your powers. Like, I'm not gonna, like, I've already lost one family. I'm not gonna lose another. I'm like, I never got the feeling that they were a family well, unit. They just, like, I never got... they just met, like, a day ago, you know? So I don't, I, yeah, I don't understand where this family dynamic is supposed to come into play. And then when he dies, nobody gives a shit. 
Like, nobody says anything. Yeah. They just say, like, I mean, well, these sacrifices are I mean, that's the thing. Like, I guess, like, if they're, if it was played that they're just villains and they're just, like, working, like, that would make sense. But, like, but if this guy's like, I'm a family, I'm gonna sacrifice myself for my for my second family, and, well, the fact like, I mean, Harley says no, and then that's pretty much the extent of like everyone's no grieving for him. Death. He literally just blows up. And then they continue fighting, and they don't, and they don't even mention it <laughs> at the end of the film. Like again, I asked you, like, did he die? Because I completely forgot. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, he died, and and they don't even I... give him any more lip service. He died, and then that's it. Yeah, and 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 another thing that I I, I guess it's nitpicking, but. Like, when they're fighting the witch, it just... I took this... It wasn't like they were fighting as a team. Like, yes, they were fighting as a team because they all were fighting a common enemy and they weren't getting in the way of each other. But, like, they weren't using, like, their unique abilities as one. Like, as a team, like, at that they would do in the end. Like, it would cut the Harley bashing the witch over the head with her bat. And then the witch turns around and punts her across the room. And then uh, Deadshot comes out with, like, an automatic handgun and, and empties a clip into her and then he gets punched across well, the room and, and then like, Croc comes well, then and it's like it's just like shot. well Captain Boomerang's there too and I, I'm sorry for like going back a lot because I keep forgetting this stuff because it's like not really memorable but then I just remember it in conversation like the head turning like the head scratching moments remember when they're sitting in the bar after everything is like lost and uh, Flag comes up and says he destroys the machine he's like ah you got I won't blow you guys up you guys can go and then the first thing Captain Boomerang does is run away, and they're like, well, like, and, and it played off as, like, a funny moment, and then they're, like, literally five minutes later, they're like, okay, let's go save the day, and then Captain Boomerang walks back. Like, he wasn't there for that exchange, he just left, and then he walks back into the fray with them, gonna fight. See, I can't... That makes sense. Uh, I can't, like, I can't even comment, because I... I remember him leaving and then him coming back, but I don't remember, like, if there was a scene in the middle where he was like, oh, yeah, I'm not No, there leave. wasn't. Like, you know what I mean? There wasn't a scene. Well, I just don't remember. No, I'm telling you, there wasn't a scene because I'm like, wait, why did he come back? Because there's, and the, even, like, the whole time, there's no mo there's no reason he would come back because the whole time he's like, I'm going to get out of here, I'm going to escape. And then they kill Slingshot or whatever the hell his name is. And so he's like, okay, well, I got to wait, bide my time. And then as soon as Rick Flatt said, you can go, he bolted. And then, as soon as they're like, let's go save the day, he walks out of an alleyway right next to them. And it doesn't make sense. I'm like, why did he come back? Oh, because he's part of the team. But, like, he wasn't there for that whole pep talk. You know what I mean? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Do you know what no was another head-scratching moment for me? Was during that final fight when something ha I guess when Croc comes out and he, like, throws her... And she stands up and literally takes all their weapons away, and they're just left there standing, like, defenseless. And she's like, of all the enemies that I fought, I'm going to show you mercy, because they're, like, kicking her ass. But I'm like, if she had the ability to get rid of everyone's weapons, why the fuck didn't she do it in the beginning, like, of the fight? Like, why did she go through this whole elaborate fight and just to throw their weapons at the end when she was... Like, you know I mean, what I mean? Maybe she thought she would just kill them. Or maybe she was going to test them, like, because, like, they got this far. Like, they got some balls. Maybe it was like, oh, I'm going to test them and see if they're worthy, and they are. I don't know. Like, that's I don't a know. good point. I just... She could have just done that and killed them immediately. But I guess she's like, well, like, they're going to challenge me. Let's fight. I don't know. I don't know. But, so... And then Harley has her moment when she takes... It. So the whole thing is they have to take out her heart, which is... 
the main woman has in control, which is kind of what all makes them, uh, a, like, her ability to control her, like, some lore It's, it's kind of like Davy Jones's heart in Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. It's like the so same she exact got situation. A, so she got it back into her, into her system, and Harley Quinn takes the soul-sucking katana, and she's, she's giving the impression, like, oh, I'm actually, I'm gonna go with her on her side, but last minute like oh it's a whole it's a whole ruse and she cuts open the heart and they extract the heart and uh the gi he what's his name i keep forgetting rick flag flag okay so flag takes the heart and says um if you don't if you don't give me back joan i think her name is i'm going to yeah yeah, i'm gonna crush your heart he's like ah you don't have the ball to do it and he crushes it and it's this whole contrived your sacrifice like sacrifice the lover uh, and also the miraculous resurrection that's not really explained why it happens but (laughs) so and that's kind of the end of that scene like that's the resolution to the witch like killing half of it seems it seems like half of new york like just kidnapping people like there's no like what happens to them is the city like the city oh, like a half good the city yeah, is a good point. you don't know what happens to like her possessed minions i'm assuming they're just like the spell breaks and like whatever happened to the girlfriend happens to them but like it just it, it just kind of ends and then well, that's my issue with this movie. If there's like even after this next bit, there's no resolution to the whole film. Like you're just kind of left like, oh, the movie's over. Because so, so after this happens, they they're like the villains are just gonna leave. And uh, Walker is her name. Is that Waller. it? Waller. She comes out and says, "I'm gonna blow you up." It's like, are you kidding me? It's like, oh, you got ten years off your prison sentence. And it's like, well, they're all. And then even Boomerang says, "I have three life term sentences." Like, really? That's that's nothing that is that you that i did this for free pretty much and then she says oh well we can work things out and then we have deadshot with his daughter um like doing like arithmetic and they kind of make some funny jokes about like shooting but i got it's i don't know because it's weird because like oh like they're talking about the hypotenuse of like triangles and stuff and she's like oh so it's like if you shoot a guy from a building and then they start having this weird dialogue about like it kind of reminded me of leon the professional where leon was training matilda but it's like she's an 11 year old girl and this is obviously like he obviously doesn't want his daughter to be like in the beginning of the film he was saying he didn't want her exposed to his hitman lifestyle now they're talking about like like he drops a line like oh sometimes you have to like some guns there's the bullet drop there's the weight of the there's the weight of the gun there's the length of the barrel and the weight of the bullet they're, they're talking about all these things and like like he's gonna train her as like an accomplice or something but it was just like a so he goes joke and it was just stupid yeah but it was weird so they and then he goes back and then we end with bohemian rhapsody which is it's like pretty much when in the beginning of that trailer is at the end of this movie <laughs> it has um deadshot boxing alone in his in his thing it has boomerang locked up which i thought was no resolution to his character at all because he was concerned like I'm going to be locked in prison for the rest of my life. I have three life sentences. And it's like, oh, we can work something out. And then it ends with him just screaming, like, I shouldn't be here. Get me out of here. And then... Killer Croc is watching TV. Yeah, he's watching Bet, He's watching Bet, um, which was, I guess, funny. Um, and then, 
yeah, Deadshot is boxing and like he's uh he he has a punching bag that he's hitting, and then Harley Quinn is reading we her don't book know what, and she got she we don't know what Katana is doing because she obviously isn't important enough like <laughs> yeah it's like and then it's just, it's like the opening of the trailer it's literally I think it's they put the beginning of that trailer at the end of this movie and then right at the end uh there's a big explosion and like SWAT guys come in and I'm like okay the Joker's back for Harley and and then like they shoot some of the guards and then they come in and one like the leader has Joker on his thing and he takes off his mask it's the Joker and he says let's go home and 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 then it ends now at this point I think you you saw me do it when I saw the Joker I just was like whatever fuck it like they can do whatever they want i don't care i'm so uninvested in this movie at this point like sure why not the joker busts harley out of like a maximum security isolated island prison sure fuck it i don't care yeah i had the same reaction i was like well i don't care whatever like that wasn't (laughs) what is this like a setting up a new movie i don't care like um I mean, I would ideally want this to be a Harley Quinn and Joker spinoff with Batman. That would be awesome. But honestly, the way this movie is getting panned, I seriously doubt that will ever happen. At least a David Ayer production. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I think the movie's going to happen. Honestly, I hope it does happen. But because these things are greenlit, like, well in advance. Unless this movie, like, makes zero money, which is not the case it will i think a sequel with these characters will get made regardless if if that's what they were aiming for like what marvel does you didn't need to do that because you could just have a straight up joker harley quinn and batman movie that in and of itself sells alone that that would that would sell me immediately if you told me that like you're having a like a ben affleck uh margot roby and jared leto movie where they play these characters I wouldn't even need to see a trailer. I would see it. Like, that alone is a well, I think the thing is, like, they're setting up, like, they're trying to set up more franchises for, like, later on. But, I, 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 like, or, or, like, with the Justice League, they're gonna have, like, villains to fight. I don't know. I think it's stupid, but, um, yeah, so that's the movie. And I guess it's at this point that, I mean, unless there's anything else you want to discuss... Where, that you don't that you can't cover in your closing remarks. No, I'm, I'm, I think I covered everything. Okay, so I guess I'll go first with my remarks and closing or closing remarks and recommendations. So, so last episode I talked about the Killing Joke, and and that was another DC Joker and. Now I'm seeing another like another one within like a week or so, and uh, DC, you're you were I I gave Killing Joke a two out of five stars, and and I didn't like it. I can't recommend, and I honestly I'm feeling I'm in the same light as this here. Like I think you're 0 for two. You're not impressing me. I honestly I left this more disappointed than I was the Killing Joke. And if you listen to that episode, you know I was really disappointed, and this this had the right recipe like the ensemble cast was pretty good the style was great like but in the end this is definitely a style over substance which can only bring a film so far uh in most cases in a few uh special cases it'll work but here it only there's only a certain threshold that this can go 
and this is a two it's like two hours and ten minutes this is a long movie and just the style alone can't push this movie to its full potential and so with like with the story problems the like the just kind of the lackluster like i didn't think many things paid off just too many things going on at once there's no focus uh i don't know i i'm gonna have to give suicide squad a two out of five stars and i honestly don't really want to recommend this to many people uh if someone were to come up to me and say would you would you recommend suicide squad i would say no just because especially with movie tickets nowadays unless you're planning on seeing like a 10 a.m matinee for like eight dollars or like like six to eight dollars you shouldn't i honestly i'm kind of pissed that i had to pay like eleven dollars for these tickets because i don't know like it just wasn't worth it to me i didn't think anything was really like nothing was worth that to me and and so you know unfortunately i was really hoping to give this something a much higher but with all the issues that we discussed and just my overall lack of like or my overall like disappointment i'm gonna give uh suicide squad a two out of five stars yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm just going to say I was pretty disappointed in this film. Granted, this was is not warranted a 26%. That is just absolutely ridiculous. I think that's just, this movie is just going way overboard with the, you know, the, the, um, the hate and the, like, the crowd hating mentality that it just, now it's becoming cool to hate this movie. I don't think it warrants any of, like, this critical, like, hate. Like, I mean, I, I remember I just went on, I looked up Suicide Squad, and they have, like, reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I'll just read, like, this. Uh, uh, let's see. On paper, this could have been the antidote to an increasingly codified strain of comic book movies, but in the end, it's just another high-attitude version of the same. Like, shut the hell up. I mean, seriously, it's a comic book movie. I'm not okay. I'm not going in like expecting to see you know high cinema here, but I'm not looking for anything to like revolutionize the industry either. Yes, there were gripes with this film. Yes, there were major problems with it. It wasn't terrible though. It's not a 26%. You know what I mean? I see. Like, let me just look up the room really quick. That is a 35% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Let me look up Birdemic. Uh, Birdemic has a 20%. Okay, that's that's not really helping my argument. But, like, The Room. But it's not... I mean, no, but... I mean, this movie is leagues better than Birdemic. Birdemic, I would give, is, is easily the worst movie I've ever seen. And... Uh, but The Room... I have never seen it, but through... I vicariously have seen it. And... I, that like this this film is leagues better than those films. Uh, honestly, like those films are just honestly like this was a major Hollywood production. A lot of people worked very hard for this film, and to just like shit on it because it's like it's the in thing to do is wrong. This film does not deserve the the critical pandering that it's getting right now. Like what like what I was talking with you like a technical and stylistic approach. Like this film is awesome. Like just from that alone is great. Like, uh, like the style, just the details of everything. But, like I said in my closing remarks, 
that can only go so far. Like, you need a lot of other things to mesh. Oh, and, and I totally agree. So, I'm not... Like, style alone can't... Okay, let me, let me like, make this abundantly clear. I'm not praising this movie on anything, like, whatsoever. Yes, like, I was... Like I said, I'm severely disappointed in a lot of elements in this film, but it's not as bad as everybody is making it out to be. That being said, I'm not going to recommend it to people because I didn't really enjoy it, but... I mean, to unnecessarily just crap on a movie is totally unnecessary. And, I mean, it's... I mean, I've seen way worse movies do a lot better. And it's just a shame, honestly, that... I feel I feel bad, because you can tell a lot of effort was put into this film. And it's just... And, and, a lot, and like, even in terms of the, the uh, promotions, did a stellar job, and it's just falling flat. And honestly, I think it, this speaks more to my DC... Uh, fanboy is that like I want to, I want to see DC do well because they actually have a lot of good content and it and it sucks to see that they're not really that they're like falling behind in this regard because they deserve at least a shot but I feel like they're just trying to put out as much stuff as possible and it's not really working um, but I mean that being said um, I mean I, I've I've made my comments on everything I have to say there's nothing more for me to say about this film so I mean what did you give the rating I forget I said a two out of five stars. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it a two out of five too. That's a, that's a good uh, middle ranking. You know, it's a it's a fifty fifty. Um, even if I were to go break this on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I would give it like a sixty five to seventy percent. Um, not a twenty six. Yeah, that, I would just... if I were to rate it. I would say it's like a forty five to fifty. Like it's an average movie. Yeah. Um, and it and it just sucks because it's a, it's a, it had a lot of potential and it didn't really live up to it, but, eh, I mean, what can you do? I'm not gonna lose sleep over it that the movie bombed, uh, so eh, whatever. It, it and it's still it probably gonna make like a shit ton of money. So, I, I wouldn't so, say a shit ton of money. I think it's gonna make a fair a good amount of money. I mean, enough they'll probably the, break enough, even. Enough for people to. Or enough for a studio exec to be like, yeah, we'll make, we'll gonna, we're gonna make another one. I feel like DC doesn't really have a choice anyway. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so that. I but guess that's anyway, it. that uh, that is our first impression of Suicide Squad. Uh, hopefully, you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So uh, thank you once again for listening to this uh, this week's episode of Amateur All Tours, and be sure to to tune in next week yeah where... we'll, be, we'll be coming back with the movies again like actual recommendations and stuff yeah but yeah i mean there's just always some new movies coming out that it's just kind of impromptu but regardless thank you for listening supporting the show and we will see you next week thank you and bye-bye adios Thank you for listening to this episode of Amateur All Tours. If you like what you've heard, want to leave a review, or even make a possible suggestion for Brian and I to discuss, you can follow us on Instagram at the Amateur All Tours, on Facebook at Amateur All Tours Podcast, or even send us an email at the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, the Amateur All Tours Podcast at gmail.com. That is one word. Cover design was composed by Sarah Jacobs. You can find more of her work at her own website, Digital Adventures. Opening and closing theme was performed by the CCH Jazz Ensemble, which was found using a Creative Commons search. Once again, we would like to personally thank you for supporting the show. Stay tuned for future episodes, be sure to let us know what you think, and thank you 
once again. Thank you.